Welcome to This Joyful Life. My name is Maya Starin, joy expert and spiritual advisor. On This Joyful Life podcast, you will hear stories of people living in their joy, reclaiming their joy, while doing meaningful work in their communities. On today's episode, I connect with Deja Baptiste as she discusses how she rediscovers self-expression and the meaning of her ancestry. Hey, hi everybody. Right now I'm working on my own art, on my own creativity, my own expressions. Uh, I've been writing, For a number of years now, I've been writing. Um, I've been writing since high school, and it's almost always been for and with other people. Like someone will give me a prompt, or I'll be working on someone's, I don't know, grant or project or whatnot. It hasn't necessarily been my own expressions. Um, and now I'm working on a few pieces that I'm going, that I'm submitting, um, mostly to do with healing and emotional work. Um, a few like pop culture things in there because, you know, why not? And, um, and I'm a vaunted millennial, you know, so, um, I've got to, got to make sure people know that rare millennial opinion, but, um, but yeah, I'm working on some pieces that, um, that I'm sharing that are just really, truly my own thoughts, my own feelings, my journey. I loved your post recently. You were speaking to that shift of where you like are giving to others what you're craving for yourself. Will you share that with us? I loved what you had to say. Um, Absolutely. Uh, It was this epiphany revelation that I had about how I've really been, I've really been struggling lately and feeling, feeling a lot of lack. And, um, and then I caught myself and I realized the more and more I talk about how much I want affirmation, the more, um, the more I deal with food insecurity or money problems, the more I give, the more I'm affirming other people, the more I'm like, like really exuberant and genuine and just like pouring out to others. Um, and I realized it was like, you clearly have a surplus of all these categories because the minute you, the minute, like, the minute it's focused outside of yourself, you find all of this to give. And it's like, so both what does that say about me? And also it led me to, you know, the natural conclusion is, is there some kind of block to showing it to yourself, to expressing it for yourself, to pouring back into yourself? Because I was really, um, I was, and I still am too, in a, in a lot of ways, stuck on the sense that like, what I'm missing is someone to reciprocate. What I'm missing is someone to give back to me. And of course that has its own value, but like, I'm aware that my life is not less than in the absence of a partner or partners. And it was like, so where, what, like, it just, it was, it just sparked all of this awareness and, and realization in me to be like, you clearly have these things. You're not suffering right now because they don't exist in you because you're giving them freely to others and people are appreciating and receiving it. So let's turn it back to us and so on and so forth. So we're, we're working through that. I know when that became clear for me, it was in the midst of some deep, deep, painful heartbreak and, um, you know, just like coming to head with all of that bullshit about, um, I'm not worthy unless somebody else tells me I am. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Listen, um, yes. Yes. And that's not true, you know? And I was like, if I'm 
dealing with it from this perspective, I'm going to keep attracting folks who don't think I'm worthy and people who are just, you know, mirroring back like my insecurities and validating my insecurities. Absolutely. And that was the reset button. Cause I was like, Oh no, like no more time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm not slowly, but in my opinion, slowly. Cause I, I like to realize something and then just know it and move on. Like, I don't, I don't like to have to sit through the feelings to work through it. I know that's how it works, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, let me be the exception. I had the epiphany. Let's, let's just, all, all the trauma, it's gone. All the inner work, that's already taken care of. Let's just skip that part. Um, you know, just fast forward or whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm definitely getting to that point of where I'm recognizing that as real as these emotions are for me and as much as how I feel is valid, if this is if this is like all that I've got current, if this is all that I like my vibration is set to these tones of this is what my past relationships have been. This is how I've been hurt. And it keeps happening over and over again. As long as those are the three things that I've just got, that I just keep repeating. I keep telling myself, I keep telling others, as long as I'm just stuck in a state of making sure everyone gets and understands, it's been really hard. I really struggled and I don't feel fulfilled or seen or recognized. I'm going to keep meeting the the same thing. I'm going to keep meeting it in other people. And like, I, I know and I understand how that process works. And so it was kind of like a wake up call, like you said, a reset button to be like, okay, but wait, like these philosophies have worked and have been proven true in every other area of my life. I know they'll also apply to romantically. And also like, it's just, it's just, I understand so well that the story I'm telling myself, whether other people told it to me first or whether I came up with it on my own, that's what I'm going to find. That's what I'm going to look for. That's what I'm going to recognize when it crosses my path. And, um, and I've been finding that I even have some resistance to changing that story. Um, because like, I'm not really someone who, who does well trying to convince myself not to do something like I can't, um, I can't change my spending habits, convincing myself that like buying things is bad. That's not, that's not happening. That's just not happening. But I am someone who, if I find a new drive, find a new purpose in, a, in the other direction, I can go, I can go hard with that. And, um, but I came to realize that when it comes to romance, when it comes to the feeling of love and partnership and relationships and reciprocating in my life, I'm, I have these attachments I didn't expect to have to even models that I think of as unhealthy. Like they're what feel really familiar to me. They, it doesn't like when I got down to it, I realized I don't necessarily feel like love has spurned me so much as I feel like I failed at finding the right love or the right one or the right partner. And just like you said, feeling like if I haven't found them or if they haven't found me or if I don't have this to show for it, then it's because I haven't earned it. It's because I haven't been good enough for it. It's because I haven't been attractive enough. It's because I haven't shown the right characteristics and been witty enough and interesting enough and liked the right things or the movies or the music, whatever it may be. Um, but, but I don't do that in, other, in any other area of my life. Um, I learned so well and so early on that like what happens in my career is not based on my value or my work. That I just have to follow what is true for me, follow what feels right for me follow what fulfills me and brings me joy. And so I'm still at the stage where I'm just kind of in shock that how deeply rooted I am and how attached I am to feeling like almost like love shouldn't feel good. Like pleasure can be my leading principle in a lot of areas, but like romance is something I'm supposed to attain. 
it's not something I am, you know, inspire or draw out of someone else. It's not something that I become. And um, even as I'm saying this now, I'm like, girl, no. Um, because like, quite honestly, like I really know that I contain multitudes, that I am, that I am all, and I don't have to wait for permission or I don't have to bargain with anyone. And since I know that's true, I also don't have to wait for permission or bargain with anyone or ask anyone to prove to me that I'm worth love, to, to validate that, hey, maybe, maybe I am desirable in this way. That, like, of course, it's a journey and a process to discover these things in myself, but I, it's, it's not the absence of someone else that's keeping me from it. I completely believe that those patterns and those beliefs aren't just things that come from us, but that's what we inherited from our family, like both in the way that we were raised, but also like ancestrally, right? So just like all of the trauma that our ancestors have endured, all of the things that contested that worthiness and that lovability um, are things that we're healing, right? Like that, those are like body things. And that like changed for me like so much when I was like, you know what, this isn't just my stuff. This is my ancestors stuff and they can help me with this because they know what like needs to get shifted. (laughs) That like surrender process of like, come on y'all, like it's time. Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh, Maya, calling me out like that, because that is true. That is very true. Um, this is something that my sister that my sister does for me periodically. I'll be like, oh, I've been doing so well on so many things, but I'm really struggling in this area. And she'll be like, have you prayed about it? Have you, like, checked in with your ancestors? Have you, like, asked anyone for help? And I'll be like, I'm getting to that point, but first I've got to figure it out. Like, I haven't figured it out yet. How can I come to them if I haven't figured it out yet, you know? And and every time she says it, I'm kind of, like, reluctant, but I'm like, okay, I guess, whatever. Even though I don't yet understand everything, I'm going to try it or whatever. And, of course, it works. Of course, it's a massive relief. Of course, it reminds me and it affirms that there's nothing about me that's, like, one singular being. And when I start feeling isolated and feeling like I need to be isolated until I'm ready or until I'm worthy or until I've got a hang of it or a good grasp on it, that's always me working, like, working against my best will, working against my best intention, because I don't have to actually do it alone. And just like you said, it's not all my own stuff. It's not all my own package, my own, own my own junk. It's why, like, even now, like, sometimes I recognize something in me and I'm like, don't even know how to combat that or how to undo that or how to, like, I see it. I see its problem. I see it's probably not something I want to perpetuate in my own life and in my spirit and in my inner world. But I don't actually, I don't even really get it. I can't get to the root of it. And But just like you said, it's not all me, you know? Um Oh, yes. All right. Okay. Okay. What is your practice when you pray and you call in your ancestors? What does that look like for you? Oh, my goodness. Um, At the root of it, 
Um, it is a constant all day. It's literally just how I think in my own head. It's how I think about life. Like I really like myself. I like, as far as I can say, spirituality or magic or love, whatever that substance is, whatever God is, whatever life is made of, like the way I conceptualize it is literally all encompassing. There's nothing that's separate from it. And so for me, um, of course, I love rituals. I love rituals. Um, it starts long before a ritual, though. It starts with me just writing things out. It starts with me turning on a camera and recording myself. Um, one thing that I've learned and that I really embrace now is um, our mirrors, cameras, reflections, um, seeing myself reflected back and both, of course, wanting to love the parts of me that I haven't always loved, but there's just, there's a power in our words. And we know that we understand that intellectually, but sometimes it's like, no, but do you understand that the power in your words is not only something for others? Do you understand that it's, it's for you to start an inner dialogue? Like, like the start of ritual for me is always, I've been journaling, I've been tweeting, I've been posting on Instagram, I've been on Facebook, like quite seriously, that is ritual for me. Selfies are ritual for me, like seeing myself because I am the divine. Like that's, that's been a really big reawakening for me is recognizing that I like, there's not a single path, spirituality, method, religion, like virtue that I subscribe to that suggests I am separate from divinity. I'm separate from God. I'm separate from what makes life life or what makes life worth living. Like there's none of it. I, I cannot accept from anybody that I'm petitioning outside of myself for life because like I am life. I am alive. You know, I am death and destruction. I am hope and joy. Like, I am those things. I perceive them. I feel them. And I understand so well how I can rewrite the narrative of them. How I can rewrite reality, not by going into the past and changing it, but because every present moment, every now, 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 I can shift my perspective. I don't always want to. That's certainly a whole other thing. But I know I can. I know it's out there. And so for me, um, I'm, I'm Haitian, and um, I was born and raised in Haiti. And so I've definitely got voodoo practices um, and tradition and, um, and history and culture that I keep alive, that I, I seek to preserve, and I also seek to, to, what's a good word? Not just decolonize, but to preserve tradition and also to enrich it. To add to it, because just as in all things, like we've had to make choices to survive, not just to preserve the richness or the truth of something. Sometimes we have to make choices to survive that in the short term are worth the price, but we didn't expect it to become the canon. We didn't expect it to become the rule, the law. Like, I'm sure there were choices that people that people make that are like, we're going to make this right now because we all know the full context, but right now to navigate what we're going through or to get through society, we're going to, you know, we're going to present it as one thing, but 20 years on the line, one or two generations on the line, we only know the way it's presented. We don't know the full context. And so I really want to bring that context back into it because there are a lot of ways and a lot of, um, a lot of like really widespread beliefs that I'm like, 
this is sexist, this is homophobic, this is transphobic, this is misogynistic. This is excluding the very same people who practice it, the very same people who are the heart of it. And so, um, so just in the same way that like I, um, at a certain age, I was brought into the Christian church and, um, and I was Christian and like in the same way that I was like constantly being like, um, actually, but wait, run that back. Women can't do what? No, no, no. You must have read it wrong. It's written wrong in there. That was the wrong translation. That can't be, that can't be the rule. That can't be what, no, just, just like in that same way, I've always been very like, I give, I give myself and my faith absolutely 100% and fully. And it's because I do, I know that if I'm invested in it, then it has to also respect me. It has to serve me. It has to honor. And so, yeah, long winding question, but literally everything is ritual with me. Everything. I love your answer so much. And, um, especially because you can't untie the cultural component from, from who you are and like the history from who you are, like, even for like a lot of uh, folks who don't know their history or are like relearning their history, like digging into it. Like once you find out, you're like, okay, yeah, obviously that's true. Right. Um, (laughs) what you're saying, it's just like, um, in Haiti, like that, like Westernization, those like Western ideas of, um, like transphobia, like that wasn't, that wasn't true in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, we, we have this group, we have a Facebook group and we also do a monthly show called Black Witch Chronicles. And, um, and you know, we have like the most common, the most common question, like one, our inbox is always full. So like, I'm apologizing for it. I'm just saying our inbox is always full. So when you, when you, when you message us and you get that like automatic reply, it's because if we didn't send you that automatic reply first, you might not hear from us for like more than a week or whatnot. But, um, but the most common question is I'm really new to this. I might've heard hints about it growing up, but I don't know where to start. I don't have anyone I can ask. Um, and so that's a really big thing. And especially right now, there's just this massive wave of rediscovery, this resurgence, honestly, a renaissance, although we may not use those words yet, but a renaissance of learning, of knowledge, of wisdom, of magic. And I take it both so personally, and also I know not to be too precious with it, not to fall into dogma just of a different kind, you know? Um, And so not to be flippant or to be dismissive, but I always encourage people that, hey, listen, especially if you're making this shit up yourself, for you, you ha- you're having to dig and pick apart the pieces that are real and pick apart the pieces that are just like the impressions of the like, I don't know, white sociologists or anthropologists who wrote this actual book on the people that you're from or whatnot. Like, if you don't have the direct link to reach back and draw from, do not be afraid to write yourself into history. Like, write yourself into fucking history. Because the truth of the matter is... No one gets lost. No one's people, no one's legacy gets lost because if it's in you, then you're that legacy. You're it right now. You're it. You may be it in a different country and a completely different language. You may not know your mother tongue. That doesn't change the fact that that's your mother though. You get what I mean? Like it doesn't change the fact that that's your root, that that's your past. And like, you've really got to understand that ancestors are present. They're not locked into the past, trapped in whatever era or generation or year or condition they were living in. They're present with you right now. Like, seriously, write yourself into it. Like, trust and develop your own intuition. There are, 
there are so many things that I know and understand from a, like from an intellectual point of how it should be done for me to be who I am and to do what I do and live my life the way I live my life. But that doesn't actually matter though. It's not about how it should be done or how it was done or how someone else would do it. It's about what works for me, what fits for me, you know, um, you know, um, certain, um, certain deities or powers are supposed to have certain special days of the week. They're supposed to have certain special colors, certain fragrances, certain like offerings and tributes and so on and so forth. If you don't have those available, you don't just not make the offering. You work with what you have. You work with where you are. Like, I feel like that is like truly, truly the roots of, of magic as in power beyond what we can see, smell, hear, taste, touch is you are creating it always and constantly like you know that's one of the like the great benefits and also what we really struggle with when it comes to society and with culture like it's not set in stone because we're the only ones that keep it alive Mm. if a hundred people start a habit of you know every time you meet someone new you kiss them on the forehead and all a hundred people of those people stop doing that guess what no one kisses anyone else on the forehead when they meet someone new like (laughs) like What's tradition is tradition because we keep it alive is because we make it so. And so certainly like every, like every group, culture, identity path that I follow has some part of it or aspect of it that, that excludes either all of me or a part of me. And that's just not going to stand. Like I don't have to fight with anyone else to prove to them why it's not going to stand. It's not going to stand with me. You know, that was a really, um, that's a really big part of me finding myself and finding my identity and finding my name, finding my place in this life, because being trans meant that not even that I was different fundamentally, but that I'm different than what people took me to be different than what people told me I was. And so I, I learned this real courage, but also this urgency that I can't, I can't delay and wait for people to get comfortable with the idea of me being in a space for me to enter that space. If there's no space, if there's no spot, if there's no door, doesn't matter. Benefit for me, I'm a witch. I'll teleport my way in, okay? I'm going to like stand against the wall, lean my hands against it, and it will melt away before me. Whatever it may be, whatever needs to happen, I'll astral project into the room. I'll astral project, like whatever needs to happen, but... I can't like there's this urgency because I know I can't wait. Mm. I know that my life is mine, but my time to use this horrible phrase, but that my time isn't promised. I can't say that, you know, Oh, I've got 80 more years and I'm going to have grandkids and there's going to be a legacy and a group and a family setting that's going to come up around me and support me and make sure that it doesn't stop here. It doesn't end here. I can't necessarily count on that. There's no guarantee of that. Because it's taking a lot of people just to get used to the idea that, oh, my gosh, you changed your name. If people can't get past the name change, much less the fact that I have a full life to live and I have it to live right now. And so certainly like because we we come across it so, so much, especially because we're dealing with um, with people largely of African descent. So all members of the diaspora, but also members and families and cultures and communities that have been ripped and displaced, that have been colonized and suffered genocide and trauma and literally lost or to survive had to bury their roots. Like my, my encouragement is always, listen, like 
your roots can't ever be taken from you. They're never lost from you. It's not that it's going to be easy. It's not that you're just going to wake up one day and just know it all. But start exploring. Start practicing for yourself. What helps you? What feels good? Start being mindful in that way, not of like a moral superior superiority sense of mindful of others, but mindful of yourself. What kind of foods do you like to eat? What brings you comfort? What brings you strength? What reassures you and fulfills you and nurtures you? And honestly, the best thing is to start just paying attention to what you're already doing. Because if you actually start to pay attention to what you do on a weekly basis and then a, a daily basis, a monthly basis, you'll, you'll realize that you already have routines and routines are rituals. That's it. Mm. A new moon ritual is just that we all gather and we say we're going to write down on a piece of paper at a certain time of the month or whatever. Like you, you have everything that you need because your ancestors weren't creating ancestral religion when they were doing what they were doing. They were just living their lives. They were living their best possible lives. Yeah. Oh yeah. I resonate with that so strongly too, because it's like exactly what you were saying. Like when you follow that intuition, when you follow that familiarity, like that comes first, like that's what like your roots are reminding you like, and it's not going to come in this like logical, like, and then you do it this way and then you do it that way. It's just going to feel like so familiar, like to the point where like emotion might like well out of you. Like you may like cry with the familiarity of home to be like, wow, like this is home. Like, this is what I'm finding. Like this is my people. Like these are my roots. And then later, like, as you stay in that tradition, as you like learn reverence, as you, you know, learn the practices, then you're like, oh wow. Like in retrospect, that makes sense. This is related to that. And that's related to that, but it's the familiarity first. Absolutely. 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 How has living in your truth and just like being who you are enriched your life? Like what are some of the ways that that's um, surprised you? I, I'm pausing because a lot of this answer I've, I've only started to recognize recently. Um, I wasn't really alive before and I had a full life, a full to bursting life. Um, I was quote unquote on the right track, if not the best track, you know, um, I had family, I had friends, I had community. I had, um, I had so much, both materially and, you know, immaterial things, you know, um, I had love, I had friendship, I had trust, I had confidence, I had people who I could rely on. But I wasn't actually alive. Um, the me then and me now don't even compare, not because I'm a different person, but because, like, I didn't even know how much of myself, I didn't, like, I didn't even know how much of myself I was saying no to or repressing. If, if we have one unparalleled joy in life, I assume it's what it feels like for me when I'm expressing something and I'm just, I'm just being myself. I'm just being naturally me. And I find or say, or do something about myself that just like, just like clicks and just my spirit just sings. And it's like, I can levitate in this moment. Like, Ooh, I didn't know that about us. I didn't know that about me. I didn't know that's how I like to do that. I didn't know I could move like that. I didn't know that. Could... And so to compare it to before when my life was a series of like, actions and reactions, you know, um, 
it's not that I wasn't being authentic in what I said or what I felt. I was being as authentic as I had at the time. Um, but for me, living my truth meant going so far down, so deep to some fundamentals that like, it wasn't like, sometimes I use the phrase of like, you know, there are all these clouds and then the clouds parted and the light streamed through to describe like how I feel about my, about things emotionally. But living my truth wasn't like that. Living my truth was like going from day to night. It was like going from nocturnal to diurnal. It was like, it's a completely different world, a completely different me, a completely different perspective. And also it's led me to such love, such joy in myself, for myself and with others. Um, I've always been a very analytical person and I definitely had my strengths, but like people tell me things about who they, who they see me as when they meet me now that I, I constantly just have moments. Where I'm just like, wow, that's, that's, Ooh, yeah, like if only you knew, like if only you knew what like Deja of like five years ago was like, like you get how just ridiculous and unexpected it is to hear that you associate joy or fun or lightheartedness or just a giving spirit with me. Um, and also I lived, I lived in a lot of pretense before I, I expressed a lot of pretense. My life was very much wrapped up in how people perceived me in, in ego, but also out of survival. You know, the way I was perceived determined if I, if I would be treated as human, you know, um, it, it still does to an extent now, well, not even to an extent, it still affects me, of course, but it's not, it's not my driving, it's not, it's not my driving force anymore because I know myself, I know my humanity, I know my worth, I know my divinity, in fact. Um, so, um, but before, before I was very like, um, I was a very impressive person to see and to behold and to know but also it didn't make me feel any more secure. I was a very impressive person outwardly and very insecure internally um, because I, I knew and I had been taught over and over and over by, by life, by society, by family, by relationships, by church, by school. Like literally every structure we have in society had told me over and over again, like you're not doing it right. And no one like, some like some part of me always knew no one meant that the way I was was wrong. They meant you need to fake it better. You need to work at it harder. Like some part of me fundamentally understood that like no one could really be saying you're like no one could reach inside me and change how I how I operated or how I function. But they were like, but at the moment between what's going on inside and when you show it. You can change that though. That's, that's malleable. That's changeable. And so it's just really interesting for me to look back on it and be like, what gave you that? Like, what gave you that confidence? What gave you that surety that like no one was trying to convince you like to not be, of course, I felt like I wanted to be different because I knew it would be easier. If I was a different way, then I would express it naturally and I wouldn't have to work at it and it wouldn't be so stressful and painful and traumatic. But like, but some part of me did understand that like people wanted the artifice to be different. They wanted how I presented to be different, how I engaged, how I talked, how I carried myself to be different. And, um, and it left me feeling very neglected and very isolated because it felt like no one could see me. No one knows the real me. Um, I, I was, 
That was a whole like 10 years of my life. You don't understand me. And truthfully, you really, I really was misunderstood, but also like looking back, I'm like, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay. It's okay. You're gonna you're you're gonna come to understand yourself in a in ways that will like that don't even compare. That don't even compare. As you and like our generation has the audacity to be true, like that gives other people radical permission. It triggers a lot of people too, because they're still stuck in that. Like, look, we're all faking it. Like we're all miserable. Like just join the club of faking it and being miserable. Like we are, you know, and that's bullshit. Like all of that messaging, if I could count how many times people told me like, you're a bad girl. Right. And it's like, I'm not a girl. Like, that's why I'm not good at it. Like leave me alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yes um yes to both points um that's one of those things that has that that like every time people say it I'm like huh is that is that what it looks like from the other side <laughs> like when people share that like that the way I live my life and the way I am myself not even it's just inspiring that's that's a sound like plus but like what the whoa like Sorry, you sent this to Deja, you must have sent someone else. But also just this, that I communicate to people, even without meaning to that sense of urgency that I talked about, um, that I communicate to people how, how important and how immediate it is that you be comfortable with you and you be comfortable with your life. How immediate it is that when you know something hurts, when you know something isn't working, make those changes. And it can't wait. It cannot wait. Like, you cannot delay it for anything or anyone. Um, something which I really didn't expect was that one of, um, one of my parental figures, because um, I have two amazing parents, and I also have, like, a whole village and community of people who have parented me and raised me, like, quite literally have raised me. Um, one of my parental figures, who I expected to be super, like, judgmental and uncomfortable with the fact that I was basically like, yeah, so I'm changing my entire life and just cutting everything off, starting over, starting new, and I'm going in a completely opposite direction. I did not expect it. But one thing that really touched me was they sat, they, they sat me down one day and they told me that they had been inspired to change their own life because of how dedicated and seemingly fearless I was about changing mine. And it had me so shocked because I'm like, are you saying I taught you something right now? Because when I have tried to win the arguments, I lose them much less, but no, they were so like, and they said it so not even casually, but just like, they were so, so sure about it. It wasn't some, they weren't praising me for how great I was. They, they just said so clearly that, yeah, seeing how you've taken this on, seeing how seriously you take this, seeing the changes you're willing to make, it's shown me, like, all of this has to change. All of it, you know? Um, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my family, my relationship at work, like, all of it. Like, I don't deserve any of it. And I was just, I was just blown away because I'm like, one, I'm really used to, like, you know, adults know the answer and kids don't, you know? Um, you know, like... I didn't ask you, you're supposed to listen to me or whatever. And also I was just like, I have 
have not been getting this sense of pride from you. I've been getting this sense of I need to stop playing around and I need to figure my life out. It, it just it just blew me away, and it was it was just the the sharpest example of how me living my life, all of us being so audacious and so bold, and saying, um, actually, I'm not here to do things your way. I'm here to do my best. I'm here to live my best life. And that means I'm doing shit entirely differently than what you thought it was before. And um, it was just the clearest example of how that, that activates other people, how that empowers other people, how it inspires other people. Because there are so many truths that I know now as like, you know, to be true of life, but I didn't know them to be true of life two years ago. I didn't know them to be true of life six months ago. Like I've had to write so much of this myself. I've had to, you know, if there's a book, a manual, a guide, a path, you know, like I've had to write my own Bible over and over and over and over. And to have other people come along and be like, wow, that actually resonates. You're, you know what? Maybe, I mean, I'm not that far out as you are, but maybe, maybe there were some things that when I was younger, I kind of denied or repressed or whatnot. And I, it's just, it, it, it blows me away, but also it fills me with this pride and with this hope. Cause like I said, like society, culture, life, it is the way it is because of what we do, what we say, what we believe. Mm. And so, yeah, there are just all these like young people who I follow, who follow me that, like, I'm just constantly looking at, like, I'm like, I know you're convinced that I'm on some other level and I've reached some plateau and, like, you're trying to get up to mine, but you just don't know how I am sitting in awe of you. Like, just, yes. Yes, wear that crop top earlier. Yes. Yes, right. your parents, you're in charge of your body, not them. Yeah, like, they're, they're finding what I pass on and taking it even further way before I was ever even imagining stepping up. Maybe before I even imagined stepping out the gate. And I'm like, you guys are, yeah. The babies, like, you know, like 11 year olds who are just in their truth and like their parents are supporting them, you know? And like, even the kids who are in their truth, whose parents aren't supporting them, like, I have just tremendous respect and so much joy for the path that's being created you know to like to be on that path yeah just like shoulder to shoulder like with you be like yes hell yes absolutely absolutely they leave me I just yeah a constant state of awe and joy because I'm like all these things that I know now are hard one and they also took me not even they took me so long but just like I'm just like little do you know that what you're starting now as for instance a decision to wear makeup and actually post a selfie on social media or a decision now to read, read some like feminist writing or a decision now to admit that you've been hurt by so-and-so and that you didn't deserve it. I'm like, I promise you, like, these are all steps. Like I'm telling you, like you are going you're going so much further than what you're experiencing right now. And not in some kind of way of like dim diminishing it or saying it's all the rush to after, but I'm just like, <sighs> like, I can't even imagine, imagine what I would have done had, had I been doing these things in high school. I can't even imagine like, what? what? Like, that's just so beautiful. Like to, <sighs> to have these gifts the gift of knowing myself and knowing that I am worth it and knowing that I decided, oh my God, it 
it's yeah it's priceless all right Deja final question what does joy feel like in your body like what is that like physical sensation for you chills down my back um coolness the smoothness down my spine and also all over my body this kind of like poised poignancy like just really aware really just ready to launch but also not in a rush to just just coiled and just like just you know when a cat is like getting ready to jump on something and it just leaves back a little bit and it's like ooh I'm gonna get you that that just you know you're you're just everything's coiled up and you're ready to spring but also you feel all of your muscles you feel the strength and the resilience of your body everything feels very buoyant and just like you could bounce you could leap you could roll you could just sit here and chill it's like it feels like that in my body (laughs) there's a there's a poem in there for you yeah. I feel it. But <laughs> um, Deja, thank you so much for joining us. Just so excited to see all of your future endeavors and celebrate you, Deja. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Maya.